This episode is sponsored by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free. So, I mean, doesn't get any cheaper than that. Second, there are creation tools that will allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. I'm editing this podcast from a Chromebook using the web, so it's pretty easy to do. Um, If I can do it, you can certainly do it. Third, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more services. So you don't have to go to each individual podcast service and distribute it yourself. It automatically does that for you. So that's pretty awesome. Fourth, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So, I mean, it's a pretty good way to make some money. Um, And then last but not least, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app for iOS or Android or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started or download the app for iOS or Android today. The following episode may contain language that is not suitable for certain listeners. Listener's discretion is advised. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Cells and Circuits podcast. I am your host, Chibeze Anakor, and on this episode, we'll be talking about the Android versus iOS war, the subtitled anime versus dubbed anime war, and the gaming console and platform wars, and why all of these wars are ultimately pointless, and why you should just do you. And without further ado, let's jump right into it. Alright, so first up, we're going to be talking about the iOS versus Android debate and why it's so pointless at this time. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and get right to it. So, iOS versus Android. This has been a battle that has happened as long as both platforms have existed at the same time so um but it was mostly popularized in the 2010s um mainly because here at least here in the u.s um iphones are more or they have more market share than Pretty much any Android phone does. Um, And there has been, you know, um, and there's been some good with that happening, but there's also been, you know, a lot of bad that has happened because of it. Um, And so, and it sparked a lot of debates and, um, this debate 
or like this iOS versus Android debate is, you know, cost people friendships, chances at relationships, um, you know, like romantically. Um, and it's, or some, or for some, um, for some people, it's just, it's just torn people apart. Um, and it re and honestly, um, like a debate about phone operating systems really shouldn't do that. Um, for example, the whole iOS and the green bubble versus blue bubble, uh, debacle, um, that's been the main thing um, that has driven people um, away from each other. Um, so because iOS has FaceTime and iMessage, um, particularly iMessage, um, people who have iPhones um, if you send to or if you send a message to another person who has an iPhone, um, they'll have blue bubbles. And if you are an iPhone owner and you send a message to someone who has an Android phone or pretty much anything that's not an iOS or iPad OS device, um, it'll just um, or you'll see green bubbles and, um, people have really been afraid to be that green bubble. Um, and because it's, or like I said earlier, it's cost people, um, friendships, it's cost people chances at love, which is really sad to see, um, especially coming out of full grown ass adults. Um, that's just fucking pathetic. Like, you know, I probably understand high school maybe, but that's like, but even high school's kind of pushing it. Um, because I mean, because at a certain point, um, we just have to realize that, um, like iPhones and Android phones, no matter which phone you have, it's pretty much just a portal to the apps that you use. I mean, what kind of, I mean, what thing are you using that is genuinely, um, is so important that you're willing to, um, you know, not be friends with anyone who, um, doesn't have access to, um, that app or, um, like, or not being able to, or choosing not to date people who don't have access to a particular app. Like, that's just, that's very childish to me. And, like, it's sad to see, like, again, mainly grown-ass adults doing this in 2020. 
Um, like, this shouldn't be a thing. Um, like, for example, at work, I've had someone who said to me that she can't date a person who doesn't have an iPhone because they're too, um, or because iMessage and FaceTime are just too important to them where like, you know, it, it would be a very easy or that would be a very easy thing to just solve by using apps like Signal and Google Duo um, and things like that. So like, it's really like the whole iMessage thing is really kind of a non-issue like it shouldn't be that difficult to just install another um messaging app or another video chat app i mean signal is cross-platform google duo is cross-platform like there should be no reason why you can't you know be friends with people who if you're an iPhone user, if you can't be friends with people who like use Android phones, like the whole iMessage thing and FaceTime thing, like it's, I mean, that's not really an excuse to, you know, treat people who you're supposed to be friends with like shit and treat people who, you know, show a genuine interest in wanting to date you like shit. Like that's, it's honestly pathetic. And something that one of my very close friends has said, um, he said, if, um, if someone gives you shit for having green bubbles, they're not worth your time. And, you know, chef's kiss could not have said that better myself. Um, like it, like really, if someone is giving you a hard time for having an Android phone or, um, you know, having green bubbles, like, they're not worth your time. Um, you know, find new friends, find new love interest. Um, you know, just find new people to associate yourself with because those people ultimately are not worth your time. And it's very sad to see that, um, you know, just the type of phone that you have can really alter um, the course of everyday life for some people, um, you know, in more of a negative way. Like for me, um, I went to a conference last November and I was left out of a group chat that, um, everyone else was having because, Everyone else had iPhones, um, so they were able to talk via iMessage. But since I had an Android phone, like I couldn't, you know, be part of that group 
like I was there with them physically, but um, when it came time to, you know, disperse and go our separate ways each day during that conference, like I couldn't reconnect with them because I didn't have an iPhone. And so, you know, like this shit has affected me too. So like, I'm right there with you guys on, or if you've ever, um, been discriminated against, um, because you have an Android phone, like if people, you know, call you poor or things like that, you know, or people just don't let you into um, group conversations and group events because you don't have an iPhone, like just find other people to associate with. Like you don't have to be friends with um, that person. You don't have to seek a romantic relationship with that person. Like they're not worth your time. And you'll probably be better off for it. Um, so, like, if you've ever been discriminated against because you have an Android phone, you know, you can, or you can talk to me. Um, I, I mean, like, I'll leave my, um, or my DMs on Twitter open. Um, at Chibeze Anacor on Twitter. Um, you can chat with me um, and I'll, I'll be willing to listen because, you know, that shit is just not acceptable. Like, we should just leave that shit in the 2010s. Like, leave that childish ass behavior in the 2010s because that shit's just not acceptable. And, you know, and another thing that, you know, I don't like seeing is like the whole um, iOS and the pixelation memes because it paints the picture that Android phones, cameras aren't as good as the iPhone camera where that's not true at all. Um, like you have Samsung phones, especially with the Galaxy S and Note lineup, um, that have really awesome cameras. Um, you have the Google Pixel line, which has pretty much forced every single company, including Apple, to step up their camera game because the Google Pixel phones cameras were just that good. Um, and then you have um, companies like Huawei, which, you know, isn't really having the best of times right now due to the ongoing trade war between the United States and China. Um, Huawei's uh P series line of phones, like especially, they've had some pretty great cameras on them too. So, um, and a lot, and no matter which phone you choose, smartphones have just 
they've gotten so good where or even like the the top five phones have probably like a a very slim margin of error between them. So I don't get where the whole um, Android pixelation thing comes from because that's definitely not representative of, you know, the performance of Android phones cameras. And, you know, I wish that narrative would just go away because that's, it's just not true. Um, It's just people posting those things just for clout purposes. Um, And so, you know, don't fall for it. Um, You know, don't be, or don't be gullible um, because or that's just, or the whole Android pixelation thing. It's just not true. Um, Android cameras um, are just as good, sometimes even better than the iPhone camera. Um, you know, but that's just me. Um, and um, also, um, even though, uh, yes, uh, iOS fans, like, as far as what I've seen, um, they have, like, the most jokes for, um, Android fans. Um, there are still, you know, or Android fans aren't without their faults, too. I mean, like every time something positive about Apple comes out, there are always the Android fans who just like, you know, come in to bash it. Um, even though if Apple hops on to something because of how big of a company they are and how uh, much market share that they have as a single uh, handset manufacturer... Um, if Apple adopts a technology, that means other companies are going to adopt that same technology. Uh, and if it's good, it benefits everyone, not just iPhone fans. Um, Android fans benefit from it too. Like we saw that with wireless charging uh, when Apple. Um, when Apple finally added it to their phones. Um, Now there are wireless chargers everywhere. Um, And then you also have things like um, Bluetooth or truly wireless earbuds. Um, Ever since Apple um, jumped in with the AirPods, now pretty much every company has scrambled to make their version of AirPods, and we've gotten some pretty good, um, truly wireless earbuds out of that. So, um, I do think that Android fans should, you know, probably just stop doing that. Um, and I will admit that 
for some of these things that I've mentioned or and that I will mention, I've even participated in. Um, I haven't participated in the whole iOS and the green bubble thing or the pixelation thing because um, I've never owned an iPhone. Um, I just bought an iPod Touch not too long ago. Um, and that's pretty much been my only entry point into iOS um, for the better part of a decade because um, um, I also had an iPod Touch back in like 2010, 2011, and it got stolen um, at the school that I had gotten or that I had gone to at the time. So um, anyway, um, but also the whole um, Android fans and um, and the whole, you know, we did it first kind of thing um i mean yeah like app sure apple is very late to the game on a lot of technologies but when they do enter um into the space um they usually do it very well um and they usually um enter the space and give things a bit more polish than their competitors have in the past um like for example um when um apple pay first came out um google wallet was still a thing um but not or but then they um changed the interface of uh google wallet to android pay um at the time and it looked a lot like Apple Pay. Um, and Android Pay has since evolved into what we now know as Google Pay. Um, so, so whenever um, Apple gets into um, something, they usually do it very well. Um, they wait until the technology is matured enough and they, and they just, you know, do it with all the polish and all the flair and all the marketing. And God damn it, uh, they do it very well. I mean, credit where credit's due um, for Apple. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and so, yeah, I mean, like, the whole... Um, Android did it first kind of thing is, you know, very kind of dumb. Um, and also, I should mention, um, there are things that um, Apple does first, too. I mean, um, considering AirDrop, um, Apple has had that since, what, the early 2010s? And just now, um, we're getting a Google equivalent called Nearby Share on Android. Um, so, so yeah, um, we, so yeah, there are some things that Apple does um, very well too. And Apple has improved AirDrop over the years. And 
I expect Google to improve nearby share over the years. And like, I'm just glad that we're finally um, in the Android space um, getting a competitor to Apple's AirDrop because that's one of the good things that, you know, Apple has come out with um, in, um, in the past decade or so. So, you know, again, props to Apple. Um, but yeah. Um, and one last thing, um, like what are we all doing on our phones? Um, that is really making us like measure our whole self-worth, um, on a phone operating system. Like, we're all, I'm willing to bet that most of us are doing a lot of the exact same things on our phones, like scrolling social media, um, you know, taking phone calls, sending messages, um, and, and things like that. So like, um, playing video games on phones, like, there's nothing that, um, there's just, there's nothing that really, um, differentiates, um, everyone's usage, um, for their phones. So, or there's nothing that differentiates people's, or there isn't very much that differentiates uh, people's usage of their phones. So, like, the whole iOS versus Android debate is, you know, kind of just very pointless um, because we're all pretty much doing mostly the exact same things on our phones. So, you know, just do you. Like, if you enjoy um, using an iPhone... And you enjoy using or you enjoy the benefits that it provides you um, over, you know, their Android competitors, you know, that's fine. Just, you know, also be cognizant of the benefits that Android provides and, you know, don't be toxic to um, people who have Android phones, um, and same with Android, um, users, if you, um, are very content with the benefits that Android provides over iOS, um, you know, that's fine, um, just be cognizant of the benefits that iOS provides, over Android and, you know, don't be toxic to iPhone owners, you know, just do you. But yeah, that's going to wrap it up for this topic. Um, this whole episode is going to be unedited. Um, these are just my thoughts. I'm just saying them off the cuff um, because why not? Um, so yeah, um, do let me know what you think. 
of the whole iOS versus Android um, debate? Do you think it's productive? Do you think it's um, do you think it's ultimately an exercise in futility? Let me know, and um, yeah, let me know what you think um, on social media and on Discord, and we can continue the conversation there. But yeah, that's going to do it for this topic. Up next, we'll be getting into the pointlessness of the subtitled versus dubbed anime war, and then we'll get into the gaming console and platform wars and why they're pointless as well. The Cells and Circuits podcast will return in a moment. Welcome back, and now it's time to talk about subtitled anime versus dubbed anime and why that argument is ultimately pointless. So, today, um, in 2020, we live in an age where you can see a dubbed version of an anime within weeks of its Japanese broadcast. Um, You could see subtitled versions of that within hours and dubbed versions within weeks. Um, So, in some anime's cases, um, the dub and the sub are released the same day. For example, with My Hero Academia for the past couple of seasons, um, it is released subbed and dubbed at least for like half of the season. Um, it would release sub and dubbed on the same day. Um, and that was great because no matter which version of the anime that you watched, you could still talk about it no matter if your friend watched the subbed version or if your friend watched the dubbed version. Like, it didn't matter. And that was a great thing. But um, it's sad to say that the whole sub versus dub bat or debate really still hasn't gone away despite our very quick access and easy access to anime um, that's going on right now. And um, and like you know, in the age of simuldubs, you know, why would you waste the opportunity to talk about the same anime with Many other different people who, you know, may watch the English dubbed version um, a couple weeks later. But, like, why would you squander that opportunity over a sub versus dub debate? Like, that's that's really stupid. Um, <laughs> like, it's really fucking stupid. Um And, like, you know, let's just enjoy anime. Um, And another thing that, you know, I think is really dumb is that 
sub fans and you know for the most part a lot of my complaints are towards the fans of subtitled anime um so why why do people think that subtitled anime are automatically better than dubbed anime um without speaking the Japanese language um I mean you would have people like your um you have people here in the U.S. you know whose only exposure to the Japanese language is anime and probably can't even speak it fluently um or can't even hold as much as a full conversation in Japanese talking about, oh, I think the, uh, the Japanese version is better because they, um, they express the emotions so much better. And I mean, you don't know that you don't speak Japanese. You don't know the idiosyncrasies in the Japanese language. So you don't know if they're actually conveying the emotions properly or not, or if they're just phoning it in. You don't know that because you don't speak the language. And like, I don't know what it's going to take to get that through um, subtitled anime fans heads but it's it's just strange to me that um that seems to be the norm um and it's really it's really shameful that we can't just talk about anime or talk about the same anime um we have to engage in this sub versus dub debate like that's like that's just stupid and it's a waste of time um and you know plus like dubs create jobs they make anime more accessible which you know if anime is dubbed and is made more accessible that means more people will like it and that means you get more things like merch you get more events at conventions centered around a particular anime and and so much more like so i i don't understand what the what the hate is for dubs like sure um we've had some edited dubs from companies like four kids and saban entertainment and deke and nelvana and all these other companies but i mean those days are for the most part long gone um and even if you do get like some um edited down anime it's usually like one of those really toyetic anime like Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh or um or Beyblade or something like that 
So, I mean, other than those anime, the like pretty much everything else is produced and dubbed uncut. So, like, there's not really much to complain about there either. Um, and sure, like, we even in the uncut um, realm, we've still had some pretty objectively bad dubs. Like, for example, um, the first one I can think of um, is the first Netflix dub of Ico Incarnation. Um, where Netflix actually redubbed it a few months after its release because the reception of that English dub was so horrible. Um, they redid it with an, an entirely new cast out of an entirely new studio. So, I mean, even that can be rectified, and we're seeing some older dubs being updated um like for example the vision of escaflone that got redubbed because the director's cut came out um a couple of years ago so i mean this whole sub versus dub debate is getting more and more pointless by the day um and it's just very strange to me that anime fans continue to have this this ultimately pointless debate um and another thing that sub fans do that i just don't get is why they consider um cowboy bebop to be the gold standard of dubs i mean Yes, Cowboy Bebop has a fantastic dub. Don't get me wrong. I love the performances by Steve Bloom, Bo Billingsley, um, Wendy Lee, uh, Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, and so many others in that series. Like, that dub was, you know, a really good dub. It's probably one of the best dubs of all time um but to only hear sub fans mention that particular dub shows that they you know just don't even give any dub that's been produced within the past two decades a chance because excuse me there have been really, really good dubs produced within the past two decades, like Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Like, goddamn, Funimation knocked it out of the park with that dub. Um, you also have Space Dandy that had a fantastic dub. Um, what else? Uh, like, just so many. So many good English dubs. Psychopaths. Uh, like, there are quite a lot of them. Um, and most dubs today are usually some version of good. Like, sure, you'll probably get, like, the more self-aware, 
um, dubs that, you know, people know that it's a show that's not to be taken seriously, like some fan service heavy shows like those ones. Their quality dips kind of a little bit, um, but other than that, um, a lot of the anime, especially the mainstream ones, like their dubs are some version of good. Like the worst dub will probably be at least like decent at the worst, but excellent at the best. Uh, so, and mind you, I say most. I mean, not all of them. There may be some that, you know, slip through the or eh, slip through the cracks. There we go. Um, so, yeah. Um, this whole sub versus dub debate, it's, it's really, it's very pointless and it's, it's just not good. Um, and it, I feel like it prevents more serious conversations about anime from being had because people are now just, you know, engaged in this sub versus dub debate. Oh, another thing that I just remembered, um, that sub fans do, and this was, um, popular, especially during, um, the period of time, I believe it was last year or 2018, um, whenever, uh, whatever year Dragon Ball Super Broly came out, um, when, uh, Vic Mignogna, um, or the now disgraced, uh, Vic Mignogna, um, who was a English dub voice actor who primarily worked on roles for Funimation, um, but also did um, some roles for other companies. Um, some roles that he's done are, are some of the most notable ones that he's done are um, Edward Elric from Full Metal Alchemist um, and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Um, and like um Broly from Dragon Ball Super Broly um he also did the theme song for uh DBZ Kai um a couple of times um so he was a pretty big um or he was a pretty big figure within the uh anime community and when um and when he was being disgraced, like this, or people were using that to, um, or to discredit dubs in general, which no voice actor, um, is like, no voice actor alone is worth, you know, discrediting dubs as a whole like no like that's that's pretty shitty behavior to do that um 
it's pretty shitty behavior to discredit dubs as a whole just because of the actions of one voice actor. Now, mind you, I don't condone Vic Mignogna's actions in the past. I just want to make that clear, um, just so people know where I stand on that. Um, but, um, but what I won't stand for is people using just the, um, people using the wrongdoings of one voice actor or even multiple voice actors uh, to discredit dubs in general um, because I think that's not fair to the non-problematic voice actors. It's not fair to the dubbing industry as a whole and it's definitely not fair to the anime industry um, because, I mean, hell, you don't know what your favorite uh, subtitled um, or Japanese voice actors have done. They may have done some similar shit or e some even worse shit. So, like, I or I just I don't understand the whole um, using the wrongdoings of one voice actor to discredit dubs thing. I think that's pretty scummy. Um, that's, that's pretty shitty behavior and, you know, don't engage with that. Um, or just don't do that. Be a good person. Um, and, um, gosh, I think I had one more thing, uh, to say. Oh, um, for so, another thing for subtitled fans. Just don't go on the social media pages of English dub voice actors um, and tell them that you hate dubs. Like, that's... Like, don't tell the... Or at least, if you really do feel that way, keep it to yourself. Like, God damn it, just, just fucking keep it to yourself. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, don't, don't be shitty to a person that you don't even know, um, shitting on that person's profession, um, when they're being a professional at doing that, you know, just don't do that. Like it's, it's pretty shitty to do, you know, I feel like I shouldn't be saying this, but here we are, uh. <laughs> And yeah, um, just don't be shitty. Um, and you know, if you prefer watching anime in subtitled form, you know, because it's the original language it was presented in, fine. I respect that. Totally respect that. But you know, just don't shit on dubs. Or don't shit on the people who watch them. Don't shit on the people who produce them. Um, and yeah, because those are people too. Um, and people put a lot of hard work into making those dubs. And those dubs make anime more accessible, which it should be what we want as anime fans. Um, 
So yeah, just just don't be shitty and just do you. If you like dubs, cool. If you like subs, cool. Just don't shit on each other for what you like, you know. Everyone likes what they like, but just more importantly, just do you. And yeah, that's going to do it for this topic. Up next, we'll be getting into the gaming console and platform wars and why they're pointless. The Cells and Circuits podcast will return in a bit. Are you a small business looking for a financial platform to do business on? Check out Payment, the first black-owned financial platform where you can do things like sending invoices, accepting payments, and more features will be added in the future. If you watch Trigger Warning with Killer Mike on Netflix, you know that money stays within the black community for an average of six hours compared to the days and sometimes weeks that other communities get. So if you want to bring or keep money in the black community, join Payment, that's P-E-Y-M-Y-N-T, at the affiliate link in the show notes today. Welcome back, and now it's time to talk about the gaming console and gaming platform wars and why they're ultimately pointless. So, um, this is something that I've been wanting to do for a little bit, um, and I'll get to why in, in a little bit, but... Um, but, uh, I just want to say that, um, I know that on this podcast, we do the PS5 versus Xbox Series X series, and, um, if, if that, um, has contributed to any of the toxicity that you see on the internet, um, you know, I, you know, would like to take the time, um, on behalf of, well, myself and the guests that I've had on the series, um, to apologize. Um, you know, that's definitely something I don't mean to do, um, I would never like um, to exclude anyone from gaming. Um, you know, I really um, enjoy that gaming is becoming more and more social and more and more people are doing it. Um, and I, or I like that. Um, I also like that it's becoming uh, more or the barriers are starting to break down a little bit, um, thanks to initiatives like crossplay, um, where no matter what console you have, or even if you have a PC for that matter, you can still play, um, the same game, excuse me, with, um, with your friends or with people around the world. And I think that's, 
amazing. Um, so yeah, I just, or I don't want to, um, contribute to any of the toxicity, um, that, uh, that exists in the gaming community because there's a lot of it, um, to say the least. Um, but yeah. So if the PS5 versus Xbox Series X series on this podcast has caused any sort of uh, pain to you, you know, I apologize. Um, and yeah. So now that I've gotten that off of my chest, um, I would like to say that... Um, like the gaming console and platform wars, like I I don't really understand why or why this is happening. And I mean, in the past I used to participate even just a little bit in it, but not that much. Um, Cause I mean, I recognize that each console or each platform like has its advantages. PlayStation has its advantages. Xbox has its advantages. Nintendo has its advantages. Um, the PC has its advantages. Um, Mac or um, or yeah or Apple Arcade has its advantages. Google Stadia has its advantages. GeForce Now. Um, and so on and so forth. Um, like they all have their advantages and disadvantages, but I think it's really dumb and very pointless to, um, to trash the platforms that other people choose to play on because like, what the fuck do you even gain from that? Like, like you gain the satisfaction or I guess the satisfaction of saying, ha ha yeah, I, or I got to say that like PlayStation or Xbox is better. Ha ha ha. And how long does that satisfaction even fucking last? Like I'm willing to bet not that long because you're probably going to move on to the next thing. So like all that time that you've spent um, just trying to trash other people's um, console or um, platform, it's just pretty much gone to waste. And that's time that you're not going to get back. Um, so you're wasting your life trashing other people's, um, gaming platform of choice and like, <laughs> like, like what the fuck is wrong with you for doing that? Like seek therapy immediately. Like, <laughs> like, no, don't like, don't be shitty. Um, I keep saying that don't be shitty. Um, like, and I mean, going into like 
the new console generation, like, yes, the PS5 has its own, like, advantages, and the Xbox Series X has its own advantages, but, I mean, just, like, constantly um, going on, like, other platforms, social media posts, and just, like, spewing out, like, all this hate um, towards... Uh, towards the fans of that platform and towards, like, the platform itself. Like, it's just, it's not going to get you anywhere. It's not going to earn you any cool points or anything like that. Um, so, like, just just don't do it. Um, like, it's not worth it. It's not worth your time. It's not worth your energy. Um, just Just don't fucking do it. Um, and like, you would think that with initiatives like cross play and things like that, that gaming would get more, um, or that the gaming community as a whole would start to be more accepting of each other, but nope, the, all the tribalism still, um, is going on in full force. Um, so, like, and that's another thing, like, um, the tribalism, like, okay, like, you're a PlayStation fan, like, oh, PlayStation for life, Xbox sucks, or, like, Xbox for life, PlayStation sucks, or, and, and it's, like, it's just pointless. Like, what, or like, are they paying you to say that? And if not, like, why are you doing it? Like, you're spending all this time, and time is the most expensive currency that we have um, as humans. Like, you're spending all that time just um, for what? For what? Like, Microsoft isn't paying you. Sony isn't paying you. Nintendo isn't paying you. Like, so what did you, what do you gain from, like, trashing the other platforms and, um, and all that? Like, what, what do you get from that? Probably not much, if anything. Um, I'm willing to bet you don't really get a damn thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and you would think that, um, like, the purpose of video games is, you know, for everyone to have fun. Um, and with all of this toxicity towards... And this is just on the console side. I haven't even gotten to like the cloud gaming platforms yet. Um, that's something I will get into a little bit later. But like y'all have taken this activity that's supposed to be fun and like y'all fuck it up with all of your negativity towards each other. Like. 
Like, this is what makes me not want to play a lot of online multiplayer or, like, fucking um, engage in discussions with, with gamers on social media because, like, y'all are fucking toxic. Like, some of y'all gamers, y'all are fucking toxic. Um, and it's just not worth having that discussion. Like I wouldn't have a productive discussion with some of y'all. Um, but yeah, um, I think it's, um, just dumb to, to trash on, um, other people's preferred gaming consoles. And I say this as someone who has a PS4 an Xbox One, and a Nintendo Switch. Um, I er, I play all three of those. Um, so, like, yeah, this this whole tribalism um, around gaming platforms and consoles it has to stop. Um, And the reason why I wanted to do this uh, segment was because uh, at the time of this recording, uh, last week, I had, um, or I was uh, replying to a tweet sent by um, the official Samurai Jack game Twitter account um, for Samurai Jack Battle Through Time at Samurai Jack Game on Twitter. You should definitely go check them out. Um, I was responding to a tweet by them saying, you know, hey, like, I feel like this game should get a Google Stadia port. And um, because the game was coming to pretty much every single platform, like, Xbox, PlayStation, uh, Nintendo Switch, PC, hell, even Apple Arcade fucking got a port um, for Samurai Jack Battle Through Time. So, like, um, and so I was asking for a Google Stadia port, and then, like, some gamer um, responds, like, why? And I say, so that other people can game on that platform and then he goes to say that you know oh uh stadia or porting the game to stadia is just like porting to the wii u no one uses that platform which is definitely not true um there are people who use uh google stadia and um I should also say that um, that uh, afterwards um, he then goes to uh, say that like developers aren't pl- or porting their games to Stadia, which also isn't true. Um, and he even um, says that like even Google themselves admitted that it was a failure. And I asked for a source for that um, because I'd never seen Google um, admitting that Stadia was a failure, especially 
less than a year into its launch uh, or less than a year into its existence. Um, like that wouldn't really make a whole lot of sense. And so I asked for a source um, and instead of providing one, um, he then goes to call me a moron, um, which, you know, I mean, it's not the first time, you know, I've been like made fun or I've been called a name on the internet. Like I'm used to that. Um, but, um, as far as like replying to his whole developers aren't porting their games to Stadia thing, um, I responded with a link to uh, a Verge article from the July Stadia Connect um, saying that there are developers um, developing exclusive games for Stadia like Harmonix, uh, Splash Damage, um, Uppercut Games, um, and so many other uh, studios, um, Robot Entertainment with Orcs Must Die 3 that just came out. So, so like, like I even pr backed up my, uh, info with sources, um, and like, and so like after the whole, uh, moron thing, like, you know, I just said like, you know what, I don't have any, um, or I'm not going to argue with you and I'm not, or, and I don't have any mental health services, um, to offer you. So I'm just going to go press that block button. Um, and so I blocked that person. Um, but it just goes to show that, um, people will, or like, there's still a lot of toxicity in the gaming community, um, especially when it comes to new platforms, um, and specifically the platform that has been getting a lot of hate is Google Stadia as of recently. Um, and sure, Google Stadia did have a rough launch. Um, like there's no denying that it had a rough launch. But it has gotten way better ever since it launched. Um, adding for the most, or like most importantly, games. Um, they're now at least, at least triple the amount of games that there were at launch. Um, and a lot of the top 10 games from last year that aren't exclusives, um, are in fact on Stadia. So clearly, um, there's a market for it. Developers are porting their games over and like, um, you know, there are people who are interested in cloud gaming. Like, what can I say? Um, but I feel like um, people have just been, um, people have been misinformed about what Stadia is. And 
that's you know partially Google's fault um, because their communication for Stadia wasn't the greatest leading up to its launch. Um, and um, even the, uh, the first wave of commercials that they had for it uh, weren't that great either. They were kind of cringe, to be honest. But um, or, but even so, um, like there's been enough time. Like Stadia has been um, out in the wild for enough time for people to know, or for people who have actually tried the service to know how it works. Um, and actually explain it in in a way that people um, will understand it. Um, and I think it's also or like a lot of or I feel like um, another source of like misconceptions um, about stadia were about um, people's expectations like people expected it to be like the Netflix of games which, um, it, um, isn't, um, I feel like that's more Xbox Game Pass, um, that's more of, excuse me, um, that's probably the closest that we'll get to the Netflix of games, and that comes with its advantages and its drawbacks, like, there are more games on Xbox because Xbox has been around for 20 years, Um, and so they've had the time to build relationships with developers and stuff like that, that Google hasn't had. Um, so like Stadia is less than a year old people. Remember that Stadia is less than one year old. Um, but anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, like, there there are advantages and there are drawbacks to being the Netflix of games. Like, um, for example, um, you know, there are quite a lot of games, but you know, whenever a game leaves Xbox Game Pass, it gets deleted. It's probably going to get deleted from your system. Um, if you have an Xbox or if you don't, you just won't be able to play it anymore. Um, because Microsoft's deal with the developer has ended just like, um, Netflix's deals with, uh, studios like Warner Brothers or Sony or, um, fucking Paramount. Like, once their access to programs ends like that's it you can't see it on the platform anymore whereas with stadia at least if you claim the game it's yours to keep um as long as you have the pro subscription um so i feel like there's been some misinformation about or simply because people um set their expectations um in a way that, you know, they were going to be disappointed in. Um, but also, um, 
I also feel like a lot of the um, misinformation about Stadia has been spread by uh, influencers. Um, and there have been quite a few of them um, spreading misinformation about Stadia. Um, and all I would say is just try the service. Like, don't, or don't like write off, um, don't write off the service if you haven't tried it yet, or don't trash something, or don't knock it till you try it. Like, like that's how the old adage goes don't knock it till you try it. So, um, just try it out. Who knows? You may like or the experience. You may not. But, I mean, I would take your opinion more seriously if you tried the platform rather than if you just go off of something that um, an influencer says or you're basically um, regurgitating um, whatever like some influence, some YouTuber or some influencer says, like, I'd rather, I'd rather have a more productive conversation with someone who has actually tried the platform. Um, so yeah, I mean, just try the platform out. If you don't like it, cool. You know, at least you tried it. And just because you watched a YouTube video or a video from any influencer, it doesn't make you an expert. So quit trying to act like you are an expert because you're not. By the way, like if your internet can't handle Stadia, it's probably not going to be able to handle xCloud or GeForce Now. Like it's probably going to be atrocious. For either of those services if it can't even handle Stadia um, but um, yeah I mean like also um, just because like your favorite influencer trashed uh, Stadia like that doesn't mean that you then have to um actively um cheer against or actively wish that games aren't going to be ported to the platform because that's just that's just a fucking dick move like don't fucking do that shit like you're just being an asshole like you're not you're not being a smart consumer or you're not being a, um, you're not being like a, yeah, you're not being a smart consumer or you're not like gaining any sort of cool points for doing that. You're just being a fucking asshole and no one wants to deal with a fucking asshole. Um, so don't be a fucking asshole. Like, <laughs> don't be a fucking asshole. Um, 
And also, um, if you're someone who is actively, you know, cheering against games being ported to Stadia, like, I feel like you also earn, you don't really, um, you don't really get the right to, um, talk about crossplay because like I feel like you um if you don't want you know other people to play or you can't not want other people to play a game and then turn around in the same breath saying that you actually do want people to play a game like you're lying um so if you're actively port or if you're actively um, like cheering against like games being ported to a platform like Stadia, I feel like you're um, you're not really a true crossplay advocate. Um, like so, or that's just my two cents on that. Um, but also like. For every uh, Stadia Connect that goes on, um, if you're one of those people who just uses that time to just dump on Google or dump on Stadia, like, first off, fuck you. Um, I just want to say that, like, fuck you, um, but also seek therapy as well, um, like, just yeah seek therapy um because something is clearly wrong with you um if you're doing all of that um like there's no reason to be a dick to uh gamers that play on other platforms like there's there's no reason for that like you don't gain anything from that you're just you're being an asshole and no one likes an asshole um so yeah that's um or i think that's it um i can't really think of anything else um to complain about that you know um that i've seen from toxic gamers on the internet um the gaming community just needs to do better point blank period like if you do have an experience with, or if you have had an experience with a toxic gamer, especially if you're on the Stadia side, um, like, or if you've had an experience with a toxic gamer, I want to hear about it on social media um, or on Discord. We can continue the conversation there, especially if you're on the Stadia side, because... I definitely want to hear from you because I feel like Stadia fans um, or Stadians, as we like to call ourselves, um, we definitely receive um, a ton of hate um, from from people who play on traditional uh, gaming consoles and PCs. Um, and things like that. So I definitely want to hear from my fellow Stadians um, on social media and on discord. 
Um, but that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Thank you so much for listening to my rant um, on these three different topics. Um, and if I've contributed to any toxicity in any of these, um, like, I apologize. Uh, I definitely don't want to contribute to any toxicity. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for this topic and this episode. And just remember that no matter which platform that you choose to game on, just do you and don't be toxic. Sandra Bland, Terrence Crutcher, Trayvon Martin, Philando Castile, Mike Brown, Alton Sterling, Ahmad Arbery, Walter Scott, Brianna Taylor, Eric Harris, George Floyd, Tony Robinson, Keith Childress, Romain Brisbane, Betty Jones, Tamir Rice, Kevin Matthews, Laquan McDonald, Michael Noel, Michael Brown Jr., Roy Nelson, Eric Garner. These are just some of the names of people who have been murdered by police and have gotten either a slap on the wrist or have gotten away with committing such a heinous crime scot-free. If you are an American, or even if you're not an American, you should be outraged by this, as I am. This cannot continue to happen, and it speaks to a very long history of racism and police brutality here in the United States of America, and also in other countries as well. Police brutality is not a U.S. exclusive problem. It's happening around the globe. So, how can you help? stop this well you can go and protest but be very peaceful about it of course and if you don't want to go to the protests that's fine you can also donate to many different charities that are helping with the cause if you can't do that you can also sign petitions to help the cause as well and share those petitions and for all of these suggestions that i've made you can do all of them and encourage your friends and family to do the same because staying silent is staying complicit and we cannot stay complicit any longer this change needs to happen now and so, I just want to leave you with this message. Black lives matter. Always and forever. All lives cannot matter 
until Black Lives Matter. Remember that. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Cells and Circuits podcast. Remember to wear a mask, wash your hands, and practice social distancing as much as possible. Also, if you want to follow us on social media, I'll have a link in the show notes right below that subscribe or follow button, depending on which platform you're on. And that's it. Our intro and outro music is made by Tiffy3. I'm Chibeze Anakor, signing off.